Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Flyers Nation show. I'm your host, Alexa Ross. Joining me now, Eric Reese, Larry Flowers. Guys, welcome back. I hope you had some great holidays. How are we feeling, everybody? Eric is just absolutely bopping his head. Larry is bopping his head. We have yeah. stuff to talk about. But first, how's everybody's Thanksgiving? How are we feeling? How are the holidays? I mean, Thanksgiving was great. I could be feeling better. But, uh, at the, you know, I, I'm feeling better since uh, snapping a 10-game losing streak. But yep. I mean, let's you know, but but we're not we're not out of the woods yet. Clearly, no, no. Larry, you had family in town. You were saying you were showing all all around California, Southern California. My Thanksgiving was phenomenal. I went over one of my best friends' houses. I basically just ate a lot of food. I actually ate too much food, and I was on full like babysitting duties. My friend and his uh, his wife got to just sit back and enjoy Thanksgiving while I was uh, playing with these two little maniacs. Um, but that's what I do best, so it was great. Perfect. Was Listen, awesome. speaking of some maniacs, they just snapped a 10-game losing streak. It's a tradition unlike any other. This is now the third this calendar year. I know we had a lot to talk about when we were in the middle of the losing streak. It is since ended, but that doesn't mean we won't have another one. So take me kind of through, guys, just what your thoughts were watching that, the totality of what we were seeing. Eric, I'll start with you, because you're – Eric looks like he's like about to jump on it right now. I just, to, to me, okay, like you do uh, have some of those games that stand out as a uh, you know a, kind of a, not 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 a low effort, but a a sort of a um, a low like a like a low event, kind of a boring game, uh, kind of a game that they were flat at points, but you know they did pop for only a few minutes of a game. I'm talking about games maybe against uh, Pittsburgh, uh, things like that. Then you had games where you know you only you lose in overtime and it's a heartbreaker. If it's a pyrrhic victory, right? It's one that doesn't matter. You lose ten straight games. It's a, still a ten game losing streak. But I never felt the effort wasn't there. I just more so thought, yeah, with injuries, this is just kind of what the team is. Yeah, Larry, do you agree with that? As a just kind of from the injury point of view, but also the the big parity in these kinds of games these overtime losses that could have been like really really good to have but also just everything else that had been going on I do I mean look um I said it before and I'm going to continue to say it I I'm watching the Flyers very closely and I am seeing some effort but look it's it's just really hard when you're continuously playing in the NHL the greatest league on the face of the earth with guys that are fourth and third liners you know, being asked to play second line roles and, and to do things that they're not, you know, maybe ready to do in their careers right now. Um, but there's there's definitely definitely been some some games where they've come out a little bit flat. Um, but then I've seen some games where, you know, they could have easily won and, and, and games that they lost in overtime. The, the OT game that they lost um, against the Capitals was, was a hard fought game. Um, and, the you know, the Islanders, when they got off the schneid, um, you know, I, I, I saw some real hard effort. I, I want to go on record because I keep thinking about this, and I, 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 I've kind of said it before, but it's very important for me to, to make this point. I, I'm very optimistic for this Flyers team. I think with this leadership currently and in direction and, and the amount of time that these young players are getting to play, these important minutes, hard minutes, um, it's going to pay off. I know it sucks right now in a sense, but – I think uh, I think long term we're gonna have something really really exciting to be uh, to to look forward to. Larry, I was just gonna say the same thing. Is obviously any minutes are good minutes, 
And that doesn't mean that it doesn't suck right now because it absolutely does. And watching it because it's like, oh, I know that in maybe a couple months or next season, like you're going to get in that situation again and you're going to just you're going to be on it and it's going to be fine. But that doesn't change the fact that in this moment, it's like, like, oh, God, like you want so badly for them to level up. But, you know, that that's just like a time minutes, you know, more exposure to the game and just getting up I mean, to the pace. Look, every team in every sport goes through these type of moments. Um, the injuries that the Flyers have in, endured this year is unprecedented. I don't know if I remember a Flyers season with this many injuries to key players. Um, maybe ever. Maybe ever. I don't know. But, um, but again, you, you have to try to weigh out the negative with some positivity and try to, you know, feel things out and see how things are progressing. Um, and I do see a lot of effort from these guys. So, uh, you know, I come back this week again with, with, with my same comments as far as, you know, I, there is still effort out there. Eric, do you agree with that? I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some, some head movement of like, yeah, maybe like a little bit. Do you think that this is something that will either at least kind of be able to level up or change this season? Or do we think this is kind of like playing the long game in that? No, way? no, not this season. Um, we're definitely playing the long game. I agree a lot more with what Tortorella said today than anything Fletcher said today. I've, in my opinion, it's this, and this is the wording thing. There's a lot of uh, optimism, you know, from you two, and I, and I understand that because it can only get better from here, right? Correct. How, so, how soon? How, how bad can you can't just keep losing these ten, right. like these absolute stretches of games, and also coming out as flat as you have in a handful of them too. So I think that it's like. You know, when you realize, hey, we're in this rut, realizing, oh, our effort is bad. And that's obviously on them. That's not necessarily a coaching thing. That's a time thing. But I, I do agree that this is we're, we're playing the long game right now. But oh, absolutely. I, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I was going to say, <laughs> I mean, I look at a team like St. Louis Blues went through a terrible rut. And let's face it, St. Louis Blues have a heck of a roster. Um, my point is that this league is so difficult. It's really just a really, really – uh, it's, it's the best league in the world. And when you're missing that many guys, I, I guess I don't want to sound like I'm making excuses for the Flyers. Obviously, no matter what we expect wins and we expect, we don't want to see a, a 10 game skid, but even great teams go through skids. Um, yep. And so you just got to battle through it. If it's okay, can I just talk about someone who I personally have really been impressed with? And I, someone I see massive upsides. Uh, upside moving forward uh, with his career with the Philadelphia Flyers is uh, McEwen. Yes. I, I love what he's bringing to the table. He's His game is improving. Um, he's fast. He can skate. He makes good plays. He's tough. I mean, he's almost like our version of uh, of, of Willie down in, in, in uh, Washington. Um, I really like what I'm seeing out of him, and I think uh, I, I think that's something to kind of keep an eye on. I really, really think he plays a Flyers brand of hockey – I, I, I think the fans are starting to really take on to him. And I'm very, very excited to see him continue to progress because he could be a very key part of a really solid, healthy Philadelphia Flyers roster. Yeah, he won the uh, Gene Hart Memorial Trophy last year. He's a big fan favorite. He's, I mean, all the things that Philadelphia would you put, you put heart, grit, blah, 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 blah. That's McEwen. That's McEwen always has been. And it's even more uh, this season. Because he was sent down to the AHL. He was waived. No one wanted him. He went down to the Phantoms. He came back up, and the guy's <laughs> by hook or by crook. He's a top six guy right now. 
Yeah. Now, probably now, really, with Konechny coming back, he's a top nine guy. But still, at the end of the day, he belongs on this team as an essential piece of this identity that this team is trying to build and grow towards. Do you think that we saw a little bit of that identity in the Islanders game that snapped that skid? Do you think absolutely? That, what do you guys think really stuck out to you in that one as like a? Is this a fluke that they won or like a, oh, they're kind of putting it together? Just kind of like take me through your thoughts while watching that game. Um, within the first, you know, obviously the first eight seconds, uh, it, it, this is a team that refuses to be pushed around, whether they win or lose. I and mean, obviously they've lost a lot recently. They haven't been pushed around at all. They won't be. And he ha- and, thank- and it's thanks to players like Sealer, McEwen, Deloria. Uh, what I saw with that Islanders, well, with the defeat, it got sloppy. There was times turnovers. Actually, there's more. There's more games, or at least at least at the games, in that losing streak where you can place your thumb on the exact moment that the team lost because of a turnover versus a bad period. So that it's it, it, there is a lot of pressure on the Flyers to have to play perfect games each night just to compete. But I did see this. Like, like, like this. There was, there was, there was this care, this effort, and it, it, it's not like it went away. But a lot of the things that the uh, Flyers that you sit there and say, "Hey, you're not possessing a puck. Hey, you're not crashing the net with you know with your defense," they were doing that. They scored their first shorthanded goal. Like, I, I, I don't know what else you can say by looking at that Islanders loss and or Islanders loss and then the Islanders uh, win that we had and say, "Hey, like." There was an absolute like black and white performance between just those two games against the same opponent. Yeah, um, and to add to that, I, I personally in the second Islander games in the second Islander game, uh, I thought they brought a lot of offensive zone pressure. Um, they were they, they they were getting after it. They were getting some turnovers in the offensive zone, and and they took a lot more shots. You know, I, I saw them taking you know not necessarily great shots but they were getting pucks on net which which as a hockey player and someone that understands you know when you really understand the game you know it's the old adage like Gretzky says you miss 100% of the shots you don't take and I just saw them taking a lot of shots just trying to get pucks on net and trying to make things happen that way and uh, obviously uh, they had uh, they got the win because of it I mean I think they outshot I think they had 33 shots in that game 33 to I have it here 33 to 24 so you know I think this Philadelphia Flyers team also needs to understand what they are and what they aren't. So I think as many opportunities, meaning shots on goal, is is going to be a good thing for the Flyers. You know, even if it's the ugly goals, the rebounds, the mucking it up type goals, um, I think that's really important for the Flyers to continue to try to at least make things happen with, um, you know, not necessarily with amazing opportunities, but, you know, just getting pucks on net and just trying to grind and, and, and forecheck hard, two men on the puck, and, and hopefully get a couple of bounces. And like you were saying, that's even more evidence to the work that they put in that it just didn't reflect in the in the result uh, as far as the win goes and during that ten game uh, you know losing streak. Uh, most of the throughout most of the games during that losing streak, the Flyers actually did outshoot their opponents. It's just there's these times, these moments in the game where you're like, well, that right there cost the game. And it, you know, as long as they can clean that up, and that is going to come with skilled players coming back. Uh, maybe they have a chance to win a few more games, but is that the direction? 
like I, I know you don't want to tank, and I and I hate the idea of tanking because that kind of goes against like, hey, like, all right, you just going out of your way to suck doesn't help either because you need to know what your team is. Like that is absolutely Tortorella's absolutely correct about that. But in knowing what your team is, and we all know that this team is probably not going to be a <laughs> a postseason team. Well, you're not you're probably not going to be bad enough to get Bedard either. So what kind of hockey purgatory are we kind of placing himself in right now? Yeah. I, I completely agree. Uh, that said, I think we all can agree that, listen, what, what's really tanking, especially in hockey? Uh, I'm not saying in the NBA. Well, actually, I, I will say it. There's tanking in the NBA. Um, you can see it uh, based on substitutions and how hard guys can play. But, like, in the hockey world, it's your head is on a swivel 24-7 when you're out on the ice. Um, there's only one way to play the, the game, um, and I can guarantee you that, under John Tortorella, there will not be any slacking under any circumstance. That just that won't fly. Yeah. So and there's no um, way he's happy with some of these like flat performances. In you know, there's no way like he went into the locker room and was like, "Guys, what what the hell are you doing?" Like, there's got you know, you know that he was giving them a swift kick to push them back into the right direction because yeah, he's not somebody who's just going to be like, "You can slack off or you can you know X Y Z whatever." Yeah. I'm also listen. I'm also. I've been on record the last 10, 15 years as not being a guy that says all the NHL should just have nonstop fighting. Fighting is great. I love fighting. I think it's a good part of the game. I think it's an important part of the game, but I'm not a team that's, I'm not somebody that's going to come out and say, Hey, bring back the old school brush street bullies. But I do like what they're doing with their physicality. And they're, they're just letting teams know, Hey, this Philadelphia Flyers team, we are changing by culture. Uh, we have a couple of real tough guys in there. We have a couple other guys that are willing to muck it up. Um, but it sets an example for the younger guys, and it also lets the rest of the league know, hey, when we start getting some better personnel in there and, and, and we start to get a little balanced out there um, against some of the better teams, we're going to not only be able to compete, but we're going we're gonna to push you around too. So, like, I like what – I try to find the good out of a bad situation. I'm a half-glass-full kind of guy. Right. Um, but I like what they're doing when, in that department. Go out there and let guys know we're not going to be pushed around. You might you might be able to dance around us a little bit. You may have better personnel tonight, but we're, it's not going to be an easy match. And that's that's what the fans in Philadelphia expect. And more times when they do fight, it's actually randomly. It's it's, it's as bad as as few and far between, right? As uh, wins are this season, the more times that the Flyers have fought, they've actually won those games. Like that and makes any right. sense. So Keep like going, it's yeah. hard. They're putting their heart on yes. the ice, like in a very physical way. And I think that's like kind of like the spark that they need in those kinds of moments of even if it's like a little bit flat, but like to get in that, it's like, oh, all that energy comes back. It's super, it's a super easy way for all the guys to kind of like get back on the same page and kind of like recalibrate and like get back to like that high. Yeah. I mean, in a slight comparison, going back to the Washington Capitals, you know, when they were, when they were struggling, um, obviously, look, they've got, a future Hall of Famer and maybe a couple of, Hall of future Hall of Famers. Um, but when Willie was coming up, Tom Wilson, he kind of played that same type of role. You know, he was never a second, first line type of player. He was a guy that's going to go out there. He's going to keep guys honest. Um, he's going to change some plays with his with his phys- physicality. And, and that's kind of what I see from McEwen. These roles are very, very important in the NHL. I want to talk a little bit about, we heard from Chuck Fletcher today. And I do want to talk about that. I think that that's something that we do need to talk about. I have three points that really stuck out to me. So we're going to go down the list and kind of reflect on these. JVR will see a hand specialist on Friday. 
we've talked a lot about this JVR injury. And now we're getting a specialist involved. So that's at least another comment on the injury front that we've all just kind of been sitting and kind of waiting in this weird purgatory to know more about different guys' injuries. But now we have a specialist coming in. So what do you guys thoughts about that? Yeah. I, I, I you know, as, I think that's the, uh, the precautions of like just trying to get everything to be as healthy as possible and like wanting to go for this, that, and the other because – Let's be honest. It's another thing where he's underneath the ma- the magnet. He's underneath the uh, you know the heat lamp as far as talking about other injuries. Like how many, how long, and how uh, frustrating was it that we were in the woods about Ellis last year? We yeah. found out today that hey, he's not playing, which we all knew. We found out months ago that he wasn't playing. It would yeah. be bonus time if he was. Um, I think that every single player, which this contradicts everything we just said about Atkinson. <laughs> Um, I think that every single, <laughs> I think every single player is. Can this person come back? I don't know. Maybe let's go see a specialist, and then maybe that's what it is. But I mean, is there is there a change to JVR's return date? Because I know he was on the way back within what about a week or two. Well, that's kind of the thought. Is if you're going to see a specialist in my just so I'm a doctor's daughter, so like I'm very my very weird niche sports interest is medicine is injuries medicine i'm like i'm fascinated by it but every time i hear a specialist is getting involved i feel like it's a it's either like oh you're moving in the right direction or things have like wildly regressed and there's like no in between or something is a lot worse than you thought it was and i don't i hope that it wasn't a this is a lot worse than we thought it was situation but like he was trending to be back in the next two to like one to three weeks about was kind of time I'm just guessing maybe it's something that's not healing the way they wanted it to heal. Maybe it's something where they're saying, where they think, Hey, look, we already know the direction of this team. Um, Maybe take your extra long time to get better. Um, We want to make sure you get right because if you're going to come back, we'd rather have you to hundred percent than you re aggravated or not heal properly. Or maybe there's some sort of medical foul up and shit. It's the fan and (laughs) heads up. No, that's absolutely true. Like I, it's and and it's in completely. I don't know. Like this, this is the avenue of um, information that seems to be such so, such a gray area for anybody at any time when on the flyers. It's which what is the injury? Uh, yeah. What is the return? Oh, is there a setback? Can we get any information about the setback? No. Okay, is this person going to play again? Like this season? Okay, are they going to play again ever at all? Like, we don't – it just always grows and spirals out of control. I'm not saying that's the case with James Van Reems-like at all, but it does seem to me that out of nowhere, happens to talk to you two about this right now, it's going to be such a – it might be a longer setback, and this is a contract year for JBR. Yeah. yeah, and he'd rather be performing to his best ability than right. not. I mean, every time I think about, like, an athlete's, like, bodily autonomy versus trainers in front office – I'm thrown back to being in Buffalo covering the Jack Eichel situation. And I, it's very, it's one of those things where it's like, why, like we need to listen to, to players about their bodies and like the way that they need to heal or like the steps they want to take to get better. So I wonder if this was like a sought out specialist by JVR to be like, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling like I'm getting to where I need to go. Or if it was like a medical staff decision to be like, you actually do need to see a specialist. Yeah. I wonder, on, on a completely different side note real quick, I, I wonder what it's like for Torts. I wonder what if he, if he goes home and he says, 
I really love working with these guys. I, I know I don't have the personnel that I, that I was hoping to have, but I really enjoy working with these guys or is it more of a frustrating aspect? Does he have more of a frustrating aspect of working with this roster? I wonder if it's a, if it's an amazing learning curve for him. If it's something that a challenge that he embraces knowing that eventually he's going to have a healthier roster, you know, even if it's not this year, but next year, um, something that I've been thinking about a little bit, I wonder what his take on it. If you could really get him on a one-on-one and get, get some honest feedback, um, because I, I think it's fair to say that we've all seen in all types of sports um, where a team has underperformed, but, you know, they've had extenuating circumstances with injuries and whatnot. Uh, but then you have a coach in a press conference say, you know, I've, co- I've enjoyed coaching this team more than some of my championship teams. I know off the top of my mind, I remember a, a Mike Krzyzewski season where they, I don't think they made the, uh, the NCAA or they maybe got bounced out early. And I remember him you know, making comments how he enjoyed working with this group so much because it was more of, of a learning type of, of a season where you can really get to understand these young players and work through some, some tough times. I wonder if Torts is going through some of that. I feel like it's gotta, he's got to be feeling a mix of all of that, you know, because it's, it's such a weird situation for anybody to be in, let alone somebody who's just stepping into a situation. Yeah, but again, I think this is, I think this is a good thing. You know, I mean, we're starting from the bottom, working our way up. I, I'm still optimistic. I, I like, really I like the bar of optimism because it's like Eric is like the, the most <laughs> a little heavy. lower. Yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. Like I'm chilling. I'm fine. I'm being realistic about it, but I'm seeing some good, seeing some bad. And Larry's like, oh, we got this. Well, listen, listen. It's it's like I tell some of my best friends. Listen. I have, we've all been watching Flyers for our whole lives, right? There are seasons, especially recently, where I was cursing them on the TV and saying this is not a quality product and there's, the, the effort's not there. And this is not what I expect to watch when I, when I turn on the TV. And um, I don't know where this team is going, what direction, where's the leadership. I'm not saying that today. I'm just not. There we go. I, I think the source of, I guess, my lower end here uh, <laughs> would, be, would be definitely just like, I, I love Tortorella and the fact that he is getting this team, whether they're good or not, to play hard, right? Like, that is the players, that, and whether you say it, and players coach usually means, like, you know, the players enjoy the coach. I'm not sure Tortorella's ever really been a player's coach actively. I think after he leaves, people were like, oh, I love Torts, you know? But, like, at the time, they're like, I hate him. Um, here's the thing with where the Flyers are at and with Torts is I th- – <laughs> I think that he can set a foundation and identity for this team. If you're talking about rebuilding a team, which again, no one's ever committed to saying that buzzword. Um, If you're talking about rebuilding a team and you're kind of talking about this, like middle of the pack finish where they could win games, but they're not going to be that bad or they refuse to, you know, they'll lose blah, blah, blah. They're not going to go down swinging basically. And it might be the worst Ideal, ideally, not the best situation to be in when you're trying to basically build the team from the, from the bottom up. Let me ask you guys a question: If you could take this Philadelphia Flyers roster right now, and you have a fantasy draft, forget fantasy. If you could have a draft, you're starting your own organization. You get the pick in the litter. Your number one overall pick on the Philadelphia Flyers roster today. Who is it? Carter Hart. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Well, think about that. Well, think about that. Great goalies, and I think it's safe to say that he can be great. Right. That's a good building block. Then you go to the blue line. I like what's going on at the blue line. I think they're progressing nicely. I think they've got a great top two pairing. Um, they play with a good physical brand. 
Um, are they all the way there yet? No, but I like the building blocks. And again, I think once you kind of get those pieces back in up front, uh, I think we're closer. I, basically, I think we're closer than it may appear on paper. And my last thing about that, which does directly piggyback off of that point, this is the last Fletcher point that I want to bring up from today. Quote, this is direct quote. Quote, I expect to be more competitive the rest of the way. We're five points out of a wild card spot. We'll see. And I think this kind of just goes to show the conversation that we've been having. Do you think they can get to that wild card spot? I think that's so delusional. I got to say, like, I mean, that's just me being point blank. Blunt. Yeah, what else is he going to say? No, I, I know I get that. No, 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 no. This is not about this is less about him and more about kind of the existential question of how, of course, how far do you think this team can go? And do you do we think it depends on injuries and who comes back and what personnel looks like? Or do we just think that it's like that is so beyond out of reach? But to what to that point, Larry, what else is going to say? He could just say what exactly Tortorella said, you know, not that long before, which was. Pretty much, this is going to take time. I don't care who needs to hear it. You know, if we want to do this right, we're going to have to, you know, start pretty much start from the bottom up and figure out what what's here and go forward. It's not going to be a one year thing. I don't think that uh, that says at all that this team is going to be, you know, fighting for a wild card uh, berth or, or playoff berth of any sort. When you look that, when you look at the numbers and you look at go on NHL.com. Look at the standings, and and you'll see that he is right. You're five points out of a wild card. Look at the goal differential. You want to talk about things that you know stand out about how your team is playing? I know that players out of the lineup will you know affect how your team performs, but in comparison to the other teams, that whether or not they're hurt or not or hurt, or whether or not you're hurt, you're still going to have to compete against. It, it's it doesn't look like you're no. you're going to be swimming with the teams that are even going to be contending for a wild card berth. Or, or is he just, or is he just praying to the gods, to the hockey gods, and looking at the schedule the one. and looking at the schedule ahead? I mean, look That's at the, the schedule. One. We've got the, we've got Tampa, we've got Jersey, we've got the, the Avs, we've got the Caps, we've got the Knights. I mean, that is a tough stretch. Do you yeah. just kind of throw that out there and say, "Hey, boys, listen, this is my way of reminding you guys we have got a tough stretch ahead." And maybe if the gods come down from above and give us a little bit of magic dust, um, maybe the Flyers can squeak out some of these games here and, and turn some heads because that's a tough stretch. Yeah. I'm looking, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule uh, right now. The last time we did, th the last time we did this with the stretches and we kind of figured out, okay, well, if we can go three and one through the stretch, it backfired completely. Now I think it's safe to say, I think we're all on the same page. I mean, if we can win, if we can get one win out of the stretch, ah, <laughs> uh, but that said, no, it's true. It's maybe, so maybe, true. Maybe there's guys, maybe guys out there are saying, "Hey, look at this stretch. Let's just go out there and prove guys wrong. Let's play hard." Uh, who knows? I mean, I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe I'm hoping for a little too much, but it's the holiday season, so give me a break. Now, stepping away from the the glass sort of glass half empty that I was earlier, I will say, I will say that out of this homestand right here, let's just and I'm going off of this season. They played close against the Capitals, lost in overtime, yes. beat the Lightning. All right, like you know, who else is here? Beat the Devils. It, it can happen. You can just steal some victories. Do I think it's going to happen? Am I going to go and bet on it? No, but I do. Bet on it. I would 
I, if I, 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 hey, maybe I do bet on it just to say maybe, hey, I make out like gangbusters and live to tell about <laughs> it. But the thing is, I'm not going to go on it, go on a bet and say like, oh, they're favored to do anything. I bet it really happens. I'm putting down 300 hoping I make 30,000, you know, just because whatever, you know, at that point. I mean, what happens? What happens? Sorry. What happens if they go? What happens if they go three and two? On this next five game stretch here, what do we do here? What, what, are we waiting? Some kind of bet? Should are we, we some kind of bet? I mean, I, should we make some kind of fun bet here? Or what? I mean, I would be totally fine with a fun bet. I'm happy to sit like firmly in the middle as like the you know, well, someone will be the over and someone will be the under. And I think in terms of wins, Larry does take the over and Eric does take the under. You're so and- right. <laughs> You're so right. I'm I'm, I was there. gonna, I was gonna say something crazy, like maybe I shave my head, but I'm not that nuts. Um, <laughs> anything like fun, fun. All right, we're we'll figure I'm, it. We're thinking on it. I'm thinking on it as we continue going through this. <laughs> but tr- I mean, you know, there's no such thing as we talk about this all the time. There's no such thing as a moral victory in professional sports. However. I do think their ability to come out and not be flat is going to be a huge just like way to continue jumping off and make things that much better for this team and that much better moving forward because they're going to get back into that like at least keep it close. At least try to keep it close. I would just like to see them beat the teams that they should. And there have been a few teams that they should have beat as bad as that 10-game stretch was, there were some points where I was like, okay, the Flyers, they can break this tonight. It's not going to get the 10. They can break this tonight. It got the 10. But as they're getting healthy, I think the point of this is, okay, can they go back against those teams later in the season, reclaim those victories, and then compete, just compete against the upper echelon of this league? If that's the case, then I don't feel as bad about being out or being far away from the Bedard uh, sweepstakes. Because I know that the team, if healthy, is 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 closer to better hockey than they are worse hockey. Speaking of being more healthy, you know, you have Travis Konechny getting activated from IR today. Game time decision tonight for a couple minutes. I have we have not been, I have not been on Twitter because we were doing this podcast, so I do not know what is going on. But you know, after missing a lot of time with that upper body injury, like I do think that's a boost that can kind of help you get through this like five game stretch that we're talking about. Yeah, he's in the lineup. Is he? Yeah, he's in the lineup. It's Tippett, Frost, Konechny, Farabee, Sedlak, Hayes, Lawton, Cates, McEwen, Delorier, Lazinski, Willman, Provorov, Rustalainen, Sanheim, D'Angelo, Zamula, Sealer. So D'Angelo and Konechny back in the lineup. There you go. And Hartnett. And Hartnett, yeah, that, that's going to help. I mean, I, I've missed watching Konecki play. Um, he certainly brings his team up a notch. Um, he's a great player. I, I, I'm going to enjoy watching him tonight. Hey, you know you know who else I've really enjoyed um, uh, lately is uh, – uh, shoot my brain. Uh, <laughs> Owen Tippett. Owen Tippett. We talked so much about Owen Tippett. This is an Owen Tippett stand podcast. Listen, we listen. Love- him. <laughs> I'm telling you right now, I see Owen Tippett, if he continues to progress and the right pieces get built around this, this squad, I swear I see that I see him as a 30 goal guy. I really do. He's strong. He can shoot the puck. He could he could be he could be a really good player in this league. 
I will say uh, we were talking briefly. I don't know if it was on the podcast or maybe a little bit after the podcast uh, about the reverse retros. And I was like, man, I'm definitely getting ones with the Cooperalls. Well, the Tippet one's already on the way. The Cooperalls come out in January. So, yeah, we do nice. really like Tippet on this podcast. But, uh, no, if you want to talk about somebody who's impressed me recently and it's not that he has the complete uh, game or has everything figured out or has completely – you know, uh, washed away his cons of his game. But, man, I've been vocal about not liking uh, Bristol Linen since he's, become, he's come to Philadelphia. It, it, Tortorella, like, he, it's showing. It's actually showing on the ice that Bristol Linen is more defensively sound and aware of his positioning. And Tortorella said he needs to do that. He needs to show to us that he can do that. If he puts it together, he's going to be fine. Wow. Like, seriously, wow. Like, Bristol Linen's done so much better. It's almost like he was completely mismanaged by the Sabres and then later by the Flyers. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, not, trying to, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I kind of spoke right. about him in one of our earlier podcasts. He's the kind I'm of guy that. Hater. I am not a Risto hater. I am not a Risto hater. We are going on the record as saying that I was cool with that move. And everyone was like, you're insane. And I was like, no, I, just wait. I said, I said on this podcast, Jack Eichel told me, um, I reached out to him. I said, Hey, what do you think about this Risto guy? The flyers just picked up. Um, obviously I knew who he was, but he said, listen, you're going to like him. He plays really, really hard. And, you know, watching his game, once he can figure out his spacing and kind of keep the guys on the outside, he's got a long stick. Um, you know, with the right coaching, he can be, he can turn into a really nice defenseman. He's another one. You're completely right. Eric. Um, he, he's progressing nicely. I like what's going on with the blue line. I love it. Now I think some, uh, some other players like, um, Zamola, like I thought, and this is He's just a nice line and fall down uh, between second pair and third pair. But I would be interested just to see how Zamola and Ristolainen play with each other because I don't, I, I, they might have paired together. I don't quite remember if they have, but I look at Sealer and I think Sealer is one of those other uh, defensemen, which I did not think he was going to have such a start that he I did. And it turns out that he might be the best defenseman that we have. Like five on five play, of course. Not, I, not, I love the sense. But um, that it's it's weird. Like this defense is a Jekyll and high defense. So like sometimes you're like, wow, okay. Like I can see flashes of brilliance. I can see this stuff coming together. And there's other games where it's just like, oh my god. Yeah, I know. But yeah, but you're you're 100 right. When you got guys like, you know, the when you got these bigger type bodies, the hardest thing to adjust to in the NHL is the speed. And sometimes it takes a couple of years to kind of adjust and understand, like I said, your spacing, because that's everything um, for defensemen is understanding the speed because the game is so fast. And when you have these big guys that are still young kids um, kind of developing into their own body and understanding the game, once they kind of figure out the speed of the game and they can sit, they can calm, you know, calm down a little bit and understand what they can and can't get away with. You can develop into a great player. Char was the same thing. I mean, I'm not comparing anyone to Char, but, Char was that guy. There was a lot of teams that wrote him off. He was big, goofy, couldn't skate. Um, once he figured out hit the speed and figured out how to use his – obviously, he's a much bigger guy. But once he understood how to use his you know, the long stick and his spacing, he became a Hall of Fame player. Um, again, I'm not saying anyone on this team is going to be a Hall of Famer yet, but he's a perfect example of a guy that a lot of GMs in the NHL wrote off. It feels very Island of Misfit Toys a little bit. In, a little bit, yeah. There's was, there are little elephants, elephants, elements of words are so hard, guys. <laughs> there are little elements of that with some of these guys of just like 
wait and see. Let's just wait. We have no other choice but to just enjoy the fact that they're playing good, tough hockey. Um, they're certainly more exciting than they've been in the past. And um, I think us four uh, will really – or us three will really appreciate uh, the days when they really turn that corner and they can put out a really, really high-powered offense, uh, high-powered type of uh, hockey uh, on the ice. I, we're going to really appreciate it. It's coming. That's a 2023 conversation. We will it's talk coming. about that in 2023. Guys, thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the Fires Nation Show. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Follow us everywhere you can get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you next week. You guys are the best. Thank you. Take care.